on today as we continue the series that God gave us. This is the fourth message in this series that is entitled God's Stimulus Package. God's Stimulus Package. This is message number four. Four of seven messages. The series consists of seven messages that God gave me at the beginning of this pandemic and said, I need you to share with the audience what my relief package looks like, what my stimulus package looks like. Our text this morning is found in the 125th Psalm. The psalm in its entirety consists of five verses. Very short, yet powerful, anointed psalm. Psalm 125 in its entirety, which consists of verses 1 through verse 5. Reading from the New Living Translation. Reading from the New Living Translation. Here is the reading of God's holy word. Thank you for joining us. Get your Bibles, get your phone, your iPad, wherever you have the word. Amen. It's one thing for me to read it to you, but it is another thing for you to see it for yourself. But that word, Lord, we must hide in our hearts that we may not sin against thee. I like it when we participate. Because when you allow someone else to do the reading and the speaking, you're being entertained, kind of. But when you participate, you read God's word, you digest God's word for yourself. It goes beyond just entertainment. It goes beyond just spiritual performances. It is a fellowship through God's holy word. And we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Verse 1 of Psalms 125, the New Living Translation reads, those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Verse 2, just as the mountains surround Jerusalem. So the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever. The wicked will not rule the land of the godly. For then the godly might be tempted to do wrong. O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. In verse 5, but banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. Take them away with these who do evil. Look how the text ends. May Israel have peace. And we ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. The subject for this fourth message is lifted from the first clause of verse number one, in which the psalmist said to those who trust in the Lord, to those who trust in the Lord 
or as secure as Mount Zion. For those who trust in the Lord, they are as secure as Mount Zion. For the next few moments, I want to talk from the subject, when you trust in the Lord, when you trust in the Lord. By definition, a stimulus package is a package of economic measures, and we've shared this in each one of the messages. It is a package of economic measures put together, usually by governmental authorities, in order to stimulate an economy in the midst of a crisis. It is important to note that stimulus packages are given during times of crisis. The goal of a stimulus package is to increase the demand for spending through continuous employment and through consumer participation through spending. This is very important to understand. A stimulus package is not a handout. It is an investment. It is an investment in a current and future economy. It is so that we can have an economy tomorrow and next year. The objective of a stimulus package is to reinvigorate the economy and to prevent or to reverse a recession. It is the government's response to an economy, to a society whose back is against the wall. It is usually when no regular measures can prevail, it is something of an infusion when your back from an economic standpoint is against the wall. We've shared with you in the first three messages things that God has given us uh, when we go through, such as praise, first message. Prayer was another one. And then God simply says, when your back is against the wall, we've got to understand God is always there. And now, in this fourth message, God has given us yet another component to his stimulus package. And that is the ability to trust in the Lord. The ability, the desire, the faith to trust in the Lord. Listen, my brothers and sisters, wherever you are, to those of you who may not be of the household of faith yet, I still share this with you. It is said that one of the greatest challenges we face during this horrific, unprecedented pandemic is what seems to be the lack of trust among the general public in our current governmental officials. 
And I said earlier in our early morning service, this pains me not just as a preacher, but as one of those governmental officials, as a state senator in the state of South Carolina, it does trouble me that there seems to be such a lack of trust among the public in our current governmental officials. Now, perhaps it is understandable. And the Lord said to me, when, when I remove my own bias as an elected official and look at it from an objective standpoint, perhaps it is understandable when you consider all of the mixed messages that are being disseminated by various levels of government, such as when the federal government says one thing, state government comes and says something totally different. And local governments, local county councils, municipalities, and others perhaps comes with a total different message. You really cannot blame the public from stretching their heads and going, what is going on? I hear this message from Washington. I'm hearing this message from state capitals. I'm hearing this message from city hall and county councils. What is going on? These messages, make no mistake about it, leads to chaos and leads to confusion. It also leads, and this is very troubling, but it is true, it also leads to the lack of faith and those who are in authority doing a time when we can least afford a loss of trust. If there's any time, we should be united. If there's any time, we should speak with one voice. If there's any time, the political identifications do not matter. If there's any time where politicians should not try to one-up another politician, this is not the time of comparisons. This is not the time to, to advocate whether you're greater than some other form of government or some other elected official. Listen, for trust is the foundation to any successful relationship. Trust is the foundation to any successful relationship. Without trust, there is no real connection or confidence, regardless of the methods used to try to communicate. We need trust. We need to be able to have trust. There is a wonderful quote that I came across, and it is an example. We put it on the screen for you, hopefully, so you can see it. It is an example of a crumbled piece of paper. Look at that. And here's what the quote says. Breaking someone's trust is like crumbling up a perfect piece of paper. You can smooth it over, 
but it's never going to be the same again. Once you crumble up that paper, you can do all you want to smooth it over, but it will always be crumbled. It will never be the same again. And that is why trust is the foundation of any kind of relationship that we are involved in. Uh, If you don't have that trust, there will be no connections, there will be no confidence. You can try gimmick after gimmick. You can bring in consultants after consultants. You can advertise as much as you want. But once there has been the breaking of trust, it is very difficult to get that trust again. Now, here's what the Lord said to me. As I was preparing this, he says, I need you to emphasize this point. Trust does not mean you expect things to always go well. Trust does not mean that you expect things will never go wrong in your life. But that, in fact, is not realistic. However, trust does mean that you expect those that are in authority to always be honest with you, even when things are not going well. I remember as a young man beginning leadership, having some opportunities to lead uh, from being the student government president at Benedict College, my alma mater, greatest school in the universe, in my opinion. Uh, I remember my dad said something to me and then other mentors would come back like the late Dr. Ladder Thomas, like others who my uncle would, Uncle Joe would say, son, tell people the truth, even when they don't want to hear it. Even when it's difficult, tell them the truth. And I had someone say to me, says, when you tell somebody the sun is shining when they know it's raining, it makes you look like the fool, not them. And so as a leader, we expect people to follow our instructions, but they should expect from us that we will be honest in sharing the truth. Now trust, and this is an important point also, trust means uh, that you have confidence not only in someone's ability, and this one we have put there because I want you to see this. I want them to keep this there because I want you to see it. Trust means that you have confidence not only in someone's ability, but also in their integrity. Listen, for there are some people with great capabilities, but no integrity. And I'm here to tell you you shouldn't trust their talent or their potential or their ability. Trust their integrity. It is important to have integrity. That is why it is important 
to look beyond what someone can do for you. We, we live in a time, we live within a generation where it seems as if we, we are always looking for someone to do something for us. It is important for us to look beyond what someone can do for you and consider this, are they really with you or for you? For everyone with the ability to help you, <laughs> please do not miss this. Everyone with the capabilities and the ability to help you, they're not always for you. There are some people who can help you, but they will not help you. And then there are others who will help you for their own selfish purpose. They have no desire to see you succeed. It is to simply make them look good. Listen to this. We must be careful. We must be careful who we ask for help. Uh, I'm reminded again, and excuse me if the older I get, the more I'm reminded of the wisdom of our fathers and mothers and of, of our ancestors, those who have sown into my life. Be careful, son, I hear people say, who you ask for help. My dad, in his own way, and I said to the church this morning, my family often tell me, your dad was a realist. They said, my mom and I are optimists. My mother and I see the good in everybody. We just don't believe folk or evil. We just believe that they're just misguided. Well, my dad did not share that same opinion. He would often say, I call a joker a joker any minute. But I'm reminded of these words as we put this on the screen. I'm reminded of these words from my dad. He would say, watch out. This is the other one before we get. He says, watch out for wolves in sheep clothes. Please hear this. And I can hear him. Son, be careful. Everybody uh, that looks the part is not always what they seem to be. For there are some smiling faces who are notorious backstabbers. And dad would say that, and I would say, ah, oh, that dad is just being kind of paranoid. And you know, dad grew up on the on the rough side of the track. He he doesn't trust too many people. But the older I got, the longer I stayed in leadership and in ministry, the more I realized that you've got to watch out for wolves in sheep clothing. For there really are some smiley faces that are notorious backstabber. Look at this other quote that I found that I will put on the board for you. It says this. Look at this. Look at this. Take a picture of this with your phone in your house, wherever you are. Be careful who you trust. Remember, the devil was once an angel. Now, that sounds like my Uncle Joe. He would say, son, just, just remember, my Uncle Joe used to say there's no reflection of the praise scene because they're all honorable people in the band. But my uncle used to say, can I remind you the devil used to sing on the choir? 
And should I remind you that the devil used to lead worship? And so what he was saying to me in his own uh, philosophical ways is that be careful of who you choose to trust. Because there are some people that are not always what they appear to be. And so the question then, Pastor Jackson, what can we do? Who can we trust? I'm glad rhetorically you've asked that question. The good news is that there is someone who you can trust. There is someone that you can ask for help who's always there, who will be there for you and with you. Someone that you can trust during your darkest and most difficult days. That someone is not always your pastor, not always your governmental official, but it is the Lord, our, our trust in the Lord until I die. The old church said, I will stay on the battlefield until I die. There is someone you can trust, and he is Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. The prophet Michael said, don't trust a God, don't trust a friend. Michael goes on to say, it is even difficult to always trust someone that's sleeping there beside you every night. But you can put your trust in the Lord. Why? Because God changes not. That is what the text that we've chosen for this message this morning talks about. As we transition to the text, let us see what it says about trusting in God as yet another component of his stimulus package. The author of this brief but powerful psalm is not identified. We don't know who the author is. We know that it wasn't David because it, uh, it, it was after the time of David. However, it is believed that it was written somewhere around the end of the Babylonian captivity, perhaps written by a survival of captivity. Listen to this. I'm choosing these words carefully. Written by a survival of captivity. What is captivity? Someone who's been locked down. Someone who's been locked in. Someone whose mobility and liberty was restricted. But now they have been set free. And they perhaps write this powerful yet brief text. It was perhaps again, according to biblical scholars, written by someone who was not only a survivor, but someone who was part of a pilgrimage of those who were on their way back from Babylon to their homeland of Jerusalem, the sacred spot of Jerusalem. Go with me on this so you can understand where the author is coming from. They had been in captivity for 70 long years. Uh, young people such as Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, uh, anointed people such as Daniel, Ezra, Joshua, the high priest, and others, Zerubbabel. They had been there for a long time. 
in captivity. But now the captivity had been lifted and they had been set free. Take note of who helped them gain their freedom. Uh, historians tell us this text was probably written during the time of King Cyrus the Great of Persia. Why is this important? Because Cyrus the Great conquered Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar and all of those leaders uh, in Babylon. Cyrus the Great, who was not an anointed, honest man of God, he was just used by God uh, to set God's people free. Somewhere around 539 BC, Cyrus invaded Babylon, conquered the Babylonians, and through the leading of God, which had already been prophesied by the prophets, Cyrus sets them free, gives them liberty to go back. He tells Nehemiah, go back and build the wall. He tells Ezra, go back, help build the temple. He sends Zerubbabel, Joshua, the high priest, and others to go back and reestablish what you had lost. God will make a way. God will choose some unusual sources to deliver us from captivity. And now, on their way back, uh, a part perhaps of a pilgrimage on their way back to Jerusalem, there were all kinds of people in this group. Uh, there were some, undoubtedly, who were old enough to remember old Jerusalem. <laughs> and then there were those who perhaps were born in captivities. There were perhaps those who were the praisers that we see their testimony in Psalms 137. When the author of the song said, There by the rivers of Babylon we wept. We hung our harps, our musical instruments on the willow trees. When those who held us in captivity required of us a song of Zion, we responded, How can we sing God's song in a strange land? But now God had lifted the captivity, years of captivity. They are now free on their way back to Jerusalem. In that group, somehow, somewhere, perhaps was the author of this Psalms. It is believed by many scholars that this author of the Psalms may have been somebody who had not seen Jerusalem before. They had not witnessed the mountains surrounding Jerusalem. They had not witnessed the great mammoth structure and protection of Mount Zion, in which the city of Jerusalem was built on. And so here, 
envision with me. Use uh, your spiritual imagination and think as a walk back. And the picture we've given to you on the screen demonstrates what it perhaps could have looked like as they walk back and witness the city and mountains all around the city for the first time. Those who had been in captivity decided we've got to praise God. We, we have to worship the Lord our God because God had been so good to us. He has brought us from a mighty long ways and they began to praise and they began to worship the Lord their God. And somewhere in that group was someone who possessed the literary talent and the poetic inspiration to write Psalms 125. And on their way back to Jerusalem, they looked around and saw the great Mount Zion. They looked around and saw the hills of Jerusalem. You know what David said in Psalms 121, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills for with cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord. They saw something there they had not seen before and they began to get out their pen and began to write this powerful psalm that we find in this psalm and it says those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion they will not be defeated but will endure forever just as the mountains surround Jerusalem so the Lord surrounds his people now and forever. I feel like preaching. If I had a church, I would tell you that you ought to clap your hands for a little while and give God your best praise and say, God didn't have to do it, but he did. He's brought me from a mighty long ways. Let me share something with you. Let me share. I'm getting happy on my own preaching on this. Let me share this with you. Three things in this psalm that stands out. Three key takeaways. Now remember, I've given you the context in order for you to understand the text. I've told you the situation in which perhaps the psalm was written. And so three things that if this was in fact Someone for the first time watching Jerusalem take away number one was this. Those that put their trust in the Lord will not be defeated. They will like Mount Zion endure forever. If it takes 70 years of captivity the author was saying, sooner or later, we are coming out of this. Let me speak to someone right now. And God said, I don't know when this is going to end. I don't know when we're going to be set free. But I'm here to let you know I trust in the Lord that is going to happen. And we will not be defeated. Here's what the text says. Like Mount Zion. Mount Zion was a fortress. 
The Old Testament talks about Mount Zion captured by David from the enemy's territory. That's where David uh, established the city of Jerusalem because it was a fortified mountainous area. Mount Zion was of such where the enemy had a difficult time coming in. Let me help you out. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against the enemy. In other words, God will fortify us like he has the city of Jerusalem with Mount Zion. And here's what the author of the psalm says. It says, like Mount Zion, we will last forever. Let me tell you something. Mount Zion was there before Nebuchadnezzar. It was there doing Nebuchadnezzar. And it was there after Nebuchadnezzar. And I want to really give you something to make you happy. Mount Zion in 2020 still stands. After all people had gone through, mountain is still there. So I'm hearing God says, like Mount Zion, we will be fortified and will not be defeated. Second key observation is this. The wicked will not rule in the land uh, of the godly. The wicked will not rule in the land of the godly. They shall one day be judged and punished. Let me say something to the wicked who think that they're in charge. Uh, God says you're not really in charge. <laughs> uh, you're just a tool of God. I don't care who you are, where you're from. I don't care how maniacal, egotistical you may be. I don't care how great you may think you are, how much self-promotion you have associated with your tenure. You are not in charge. God is still in charge. And God said one day the wicked will be judged because you cannot and will not rule in the land of the godly. And then the third key observation. The third key observation is this, which is so powerful. Those who trust in the Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Those who trust in the Lord, whose hearts or in tune with God will be blessed and will live in peace. I'm here to let you know the devil is a liar. You may be going through a crisis, but if you trust in the Lord, God said everything is going to be all right. There's a wonderful passage of scripture. I want to share this with you as we prepare to conclude this message. It is 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 12 through verse 16. Let me set it up for you. Uh, it talks about a widow in the town of Zarephath. And the Bible says at the beginning of chapter 17, there had been a famine in the land. Take note of what it says, for years, not weeks, not months, but years. There had been a pandemic in the land of Israel for years. There was no rain or dew. 
And as a result, the crops dried up. The agriculture went out of business. People began to panic, started doing some horrific things. Uh, this woman, undoubtedly, because she was called a widow, had lost her husband. And although the text doesn't say it, perhaps we can assume with our spiritual imagination that her husband died during the pandemic. And now, here she is, the widow of Zarephath, with her child. Land all dried up. <laughs> no crops in the field. Only got a little bit left. Look at verse number 12 as we began to read this text. God sends the man of God to Zarephath and says to the widow woman, the man of God says, I need you to feed me first. I need you to fix whatever you have and let me eat. And God said, if you do it, everything is going to work out all right. You've got to learn how to trust God when you can't trace him. You've got to learn how to trust God when the evidence does not present itself. And the Bible said, verse number 12, it says, here's what the woman said to the prophet says, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single whoo, piece of bread in my house. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I have only a handful of flour left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I are prepared to lie down and die. But look what the man of God said to her in verse 13. But Elijah the prophet said to the widow of Zarephath, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said. Here's where trust comes in. But make a little bread for me first. Then use what was left over to prepare for yourself and son. She had just told him, I don't even have enough for us, much less anything left over. But she did not talk back. She did not question the instructions of the Lord. She did just what God told her. For here's what the man of God said to her in verse 14. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always... Woo, Thank you, Lord. I'm speaking to somebody right now. There will always be flour and oil left in your container until the Lord sends rain and there's crop again. Look at verses 15 and 16. So she did as Elijah said, and she... Whew, Thank you, Lord. And she and Elijah and her family continue to eat for many days. Look at verse 16. Come on, praise team. I'm almost done. There was always enough left over until 
God sent rain. Let me read it verbatim for you. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers. Note what the Lord said. God never did say I filled it up. God never did say that I had it running over. But God said I got enough in the container to last you for a long time. Who am I preaching to? I'm talking to somebody right now. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, God says it may not overflow, but it will be enough to last you. You've got to trust in the Lord. Lift those Holy Ghost hands wherever you are and say, Lord, I trust you. Come on, somebody. Say, Lord, I trust you. Give God your best praise and say, Lord, I trust you. Somebody help me praise God. Come on, worship team, help me praise God and say, Lord, I trust you. Somebody, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, you ought to tell the Lord, I'll trust you, Lord. Woo! Come on, Zion. Come on, people of God. Come on, stand to your feet wherever you are in your house. Walk around, wave your hands in the air and tell the Lord. Woo! Somebody ought to help me praise him. Somebody ought to say, I know the Lord will make a way somehow, somehow. Somehow, somebody say, I know the Lord will. I know he will. Woo. I'm done. I'm done. But I, I, I feel one good praise. I, Zion, I, I feel a praise. Ah, come on. Come on and give a shout of praise. Come on, war crowd. Give him some juice in the mic. One more time. Come on. I wish you all were here to help me. Praise God. But in your house, in your yard, in your kitchen, in the bedroom, uh, wherever you are, walk around your yard. Folk think you've lost your mind and tell them, I've got to praise. I've got to praise and I got to get it out. Come on. You've got 30 seconds to give God. Lord, I trust you, praise. God, I trust you. God, I trust you.
those hands wherever you are. <laughs> I, can, I can look into some of your faces right now. And I know if we were in church, some of you would be running around these walls. Say, I got a praise. Say, every time I put my hand in the barrel, God kept making a way. Here's the question. Do you trust him? Will you trust God during your most difficult times? Richard Smallwood, the iconic worship leader writes this powerful song simply entitled, I'll Trust You. He writes, and I quote, Lord, you are my refuge. In you, I will trust. I'm speaking directly to someone now as I look you in the eyes, wherever you are, and I need you to do me a favor. I need you to lift your hands and say, Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, in you will I trust. My trust is not in President Trump, Governor McMaster, Senator Jackson, Mayor Benjamin, County Council people, anyone. Amen. Trust me, I, I appreciate all of those elected officials. I think some of them are doing a phenomenal job. But my trust is not in the government. Richard Smallwood goes on to write, I won't dread the terror by night. No angels are for angels are all around me. I will not fear. But when I call you, you will answer. In time of trouble, uh, when I call you, you will deliver. Ooh, uh, I'll trust you. Lord, I'll trust you. Come on, join in with this worship team and pause whatever you're doing. Come on. This is your testimony to the Lord. Yeah. In you, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God is a mighty fortress like Mount Zion. You are. You are. You are my Mount 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 Zion, Lord. Yes, you are. You. Tell him I won't dread. Angels. God, your refuge today, Lord, in you, somebody ought to tell him, you are my fortress, you're great. 
greater than Mount Zion. You are my fortress, Lord. In you. Listen, Lord, when I call you, listen. Yeah, yeah. In time, in time, somebody, come on, come on and have church with us. Listen, pick up the phone right now. 
some of you that the enemy has tried to abuse you for so long the enemy wants you to give up on the Lord he wants to steal your faith <laughs> please listen he wants you to walk away from God and say that I don't trust God why would God ever allow this to happen to me and my family it's been sad I have gone to the funeral of a husband and a wife buried together I've talked to a mother who buried a daughter I've seen a choir member lose their life to COVID-19 just last week and I'm praying so hard for my assistant who works with me at the state house and Ashley Stewart she called me one day she said Senator Jackson I, I, I need you to pray for me they've rushed my dad to the hospital he has COVID-19 he was in the hospital three days later got another call and said my mom's now in the hospital also mom and dad 60 and 56 years old in the hospital but I say to you this morning Ashley to your family you can trust God it's easy to trust God when you're not going through anything but these are serious times and God has said to us that we've got to trust him when you can't trace him and I'll lead the text verse 1 of Psalms 125 those who trust thank you Lord in the Lord or as secure as Mount Zion they will not be defeated but will endure forever just like the widow from Zarephath when everything looks like the barrel is empty you have to keep putting your hands in the barrel knowing that God has promised that he will make a way call us 888-776-1238 let us pray for you and perhaps you just want to call with a testimony perhaps you need to just hear a voice a friendly voice on the phone to say I'm praying with you Maybe some of you have been shut in so long that you just need a prayer partner to touch and agree that God would do just what God said. We've got prayer warriors and ministers and those that are standing outside and on the phone lines right now. Just call. Uh, just call. God is right there. God will deliver you. Close those eyes if you will. Close those eyes and do me a favor if you're in a position to lift your hands to the Lord the lifting of the hands not only signify adoration and worship but it also signifies surrender Lord I surrender to you I don't know what to do I am like the widow of Zarephath there's no rain no food but I trust you <laughs> that God will make a way 
I virtually touch and agree with everybody under the sound of my voice and say in the midst of a pandemic in the midst of a crisis God through his own spiritual stimulus package says you've got to trust me and when you trust me I'll make a way let us pray eternal father we thank you we bless you we thank you Lord for reminding us as secure as the Mount of Zion is so it will be for those who trust in you second verse of that text says just as the mountains surround Jerusalem so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever Lord we thank you <laughs> I thank you for deliverance I thank you for comfort for those who lost loved ones to know that they too will regain some semblance of joy and peace thank you Lord when I don't understand you I still trust you <laughs> when I can't trace you I still trust you I don't know why such a beautiful soul as Sister Sandra Starks would lose her life some on this choir was so faithful but I can't question you <laughs> I tell her parents her mother right now you can't question God we still have to trust God in the midst of a crisis so God here we are <laughs> thank you Lord here we are with our hands stretched to you no other help we know <laughs> thou shall withdraw thy hand from us where shall we go Lord thank you Lord thank you for future blessings mend the broken heart touch someone this day let someone yield their life to you and as a result of this crisis Lord I thank you for someone walking closer with you, coming to know you as their Savior. It is in your Son, Jesus, the Christ's name, we pray and give thanks. And wherever you are, say amen. Come on, praise team, as we prepare to go out right When I call you, Lord. Lift those hands. When I call you, 
Listen, as we now pronounce this benediction over this service, once again, let me thank you so much for being a part. Share it. This message stays up on our social media page. You can go to our website and download it at any time. Share it with others, wherever they may be. Listen, one of the glorious things that I heard on yesterday as I watched the awesome show, the graduation of high school students all over the country, which President Barack Obama spoke. LeBron James produced it, did such a wonderful job. There was a high school student that said these words, and it shook me, and I wrote it down. She says, this began as social distance but now it's global outreach and a global distance and God says there it is his word has gone global there are people now that are streaming who's never streamed before there are people who are receiving God's word who had never received God's word before be a part of a movement things will never be the same in fact I think things are going to be better God's God has said to us we're not so selfish God has said to us that our ministries are more important than the street the church resides on it is universal as this high school student said brother Cedric it is now global Take your praise global. Send messages. Get online. Encourage other people. Send us a message if this service has touched you. Reach out to others that are streaming live. They need your encouragement. They need to hear that they're reaching you. Thank you. Join us again on Tuesday night as we conclude our Tuesday night Bible study, The Promises of God, during a time of crisis. This Tuesday will be the seventh and the final Tuesday night Bible study for this series. And the message on Tuesday night is simply entitled, God will do what he said. God will do what he said. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your faithfulness. And everybody, wherever you are, lift your voices and say amen. God bless you. to thank everyone for tuning into our service. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please be sure to share it to your page. You please be sure to share it to your page. For additional announcements, be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org.
Hello, this is Pastor Darrell Jackson of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. We invite you to join us live every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Virtually, you can join us no matter where you are. Thank you for being a part. Share this with your family, your friends all over the world. Let them know that although we all may be shut in, we never shut out. God can and God will get to us. Thank you and may God bless.